Hey everyone, and welcome to Front Run, where we predict the future of money and technology. It's the second week of November 2022, and we have a crazy episode. So much chaos in the crypto space this week. We're going to focus on the FTX meltdown. I mean, it was absolute insanity to watch FTX crash and burn to the ground. The FTT token, $8 billion of just pure Ponzi destruction, $16 billion of depositor wealth just gone. For those that haven't kept up, the TLDR is that there's a guy named Sam Bankman fried He's a crypto billionaire and the founder of a crypto bank called FTX. He was also the founder and creator of a private proprietary trading firm called Alameda Research. The claim against him is that he took depositor funds from FTX and gave them to Alameda Research to make bespoke, highly risky, highly leveraged investments, which ultimately crashed and burned. Although the chaos really started on 11-7 when FTX CEO SBF or Sam Bankman-Fried had to go to the Twitter space to proclaim that his assets weren't fine, which he ultimately backtracked and deleted. It really started to unwind on 11-2 when Coindesk dropped a leak about Alameda Research's balance sheet that there were approximately $14 billion in liabilities. Now, there are around $8 billion of quote-unquote assets, but the assets were, again, FTT locked and unlocked tokens. We're going to go into all of that in what I call an infinite money loop and was really the backdrop and centerpiece for how Sam Bakeman, Fried, and FTX was able to like keep the Ponzi scheme going for so long. But with the timeline of events that unfolded this week, it really started on 11-7 when, again, SBF said assets are fine. Then, oops, 11-9, he said assets aren't fine. 11-10, he said FTX US is at least fine. Don't worry, all the folks in the USA. Then on 11-11, he said actually... FTX is bankrupt. Then here's where it gets really spicy. On 11-12, this past Friday, he said FTX was hacked. And to stop all withdrawals and deposits and interactions with the exchange because your funds aren't safe. And then if it doesn't get any worse, it certainly does with SBF because he jumps on a plane from the Bahamas going to Argentina where the chief legal officer of FTX has to go to the Twitter space and say, hey, we're not sure what's going on. We're looking to it now. Only 24 hours later to backdrop to backtrack and say, actually, this whole thing was planned. And it was just a preventive security measure to ensure that other depositors' funds remain safe. I don't believe a goddamn word anyone at FTX says, but we're going to go into the details today. I want everyone to start by taking 41 seconds to listen to this clip I'm about to play. It's Sam Bakeman-Fried, this 30-year-old crypto billionaire, Ponzi scheme extraordinaire, now bankrupt and broke criminal on the run, testifying in a 2022 congressional hearing where he is advocating for regulatory oversight to safeguard retail investors from crypto Ponzi schemes. It's truly spectacular listen to this last thing that i'll say is if you look at what precipitated some of the 2008 financial crisis you saw a number of bilateral bespoke non-reported 
uh, transactions happening between financial counterparties, which then got repackaged and releveraged again and again and again, such that no one knew how much risk was in that system until it all fell apart. If you compare that to what happens on FTX or other major cryptocurrency venues today, there is complete transparency about the full open interest. There is complete transparency about the positions that are held. There is a robust, robust, consistent risk framework applied, and we're excited to work with the CFTC on our uh, U.S. licensed and regulated venue um, to bring a lot of this. Uh... That same person advocating for regulatory oversight to safeguard the plebeians, the 99 percenters, the common folk, is now being accused of using depositor funds in bespoke, non-reported transactions between financial counterparties. The exact words he was using at the congressional hearing he was testifying at. He fooled everyone. Did he fool you? Don't feel bad. He also fooled BlackRock, Forbes, Bloomberg, Sequoia Capital, the city of Miami, Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchen, the Ontario Pension Fund, and the entire Ethereum community who rallied behind him as the modern-day JP Morgan. If this is the last time you listen to this podcast ever in your entire life, Please let this be a reminder that the talking heads on TV are not infallible. They are not invincible just because they have more money than you, have more followers than you, went to a better university than you did, won more Super Bowls than you, or worked for an employer that is more prestigious than yours. Greed begets greed, and now we're going to show how SBF lost $16 billion in depositor funds and destroyed $8 billion of Ponzi wealth via the collapse of the FTT token. If you want a detailed recap of like the on-chain events and the crypto bank run with respect to the stable coins and contagion activities that took place over the past week, I have some links in the show notes of some other websites that you got to definitely check out, including Bitcoin Pro, Bankless Nation, and Web3 is going great. Okay, the TLDR is that Alameda Research used FTX depositor funds to facilitate bespoke leverage investments that ultimately went to zero. This is illegal. And again, the link between Alameda and FTX is the CEO of FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried. We're going to call him SBF for short. SBF was also the founder of Alameda Research. So if you imagine a diagram, Alameda on the left, FTX on the right, the guy in the middle is this 30-year-old Ponzi criminal, SBF. The initial source of contagion which led to the ultimate downfall of the FTX empire, wasn't even the commingling of depositor funds. Recall, it was the insolvency of Alameda Research via the, link, the leaked balance sheet shared by Coindesk. So on November 2nd, it was disclosed that Alameda Research had around $7 or $8 billion in known liabilities plus seven or eight billion dollars in unknown liabilities with at best 14 billion dollars in quote-unquote assets i say quote-unquote because these assets were penniless sorry were super illiquid penny tokens 
the consensus and like my theory are that the assets listed by Alameda are not worth $14 billion for three reasons. Number one, the FTT token is a liquid. I mean, if you just look at the order book, it trades about at 50% of the fair market value marked on the FTX USD order book exchange. Number two, Alameda's position in FTT represents somewhere between 50 to over 100% of the circulating supply. Tons of red flags and sirens going off on that note alone. But number three, all of the other equities and crypto investments that are listed as assets are again in speculative penny tokens and alt-layer alt ones like MAPS, Oxy, FIDA, SU, which is like the reincarnation of the Facebook blockchain. And none of these tokens are easily redeemable for US denominated dollars at the market value. My best guess on all of the available data on Alameda's balance sheet is it looks like this. On the asset side, you have $134 million of cash about $3.6 billion of unlocked FTT tokens, Ponzi money, $2.1 billion of collateralized FTT tokens, which are other assets backed by the worthless FTT tokens. You also have around $292 million of unlocked Solana tokens, about $860 million of locked Solana tokens. These are tokens that you can't redeem because they haven't been minted yet. It's completely worthless. They're not liquid at all. You also have $41 million of collateralized Solana tokens. Again, these are other quote-unquote assets backed by Solana. And then you have $3.3 billion of unknown other crypto, which is again the MAPS, Oxy, Cidu, FIDA, CU, and then $2 billion in other equities and a big black box of 2 billion 80 million in unknown assets you add that all up it's around 14 billion dollars of quote unquote assets now on the liability side this is this is where it gets super wild we know that there are 7.4 billion dollars of loans backed in us denominated dollars that means they have alameda has to pay back 7.4 billion dollars in debt how are they going to pay it back? Well, in addition to the $7.4 billion, they have $292 million of debt and locked FTT tokens. Again, this is FTT tokens that they've borrowed that they've they got to pay back. So they got assets in FTT tokens and liabilities in FTT tokens. And here's where it gets really spicy. You, If you add up the liability side, it's only $7.6 billion dollars assets equals liabilities plus owners equity that means there's still 6.9 billion dollars in unknown liabilities floating at somewhere in alameda's balance sheet that i think will come to life when ftx has to disclose all of their financial statements uh as part of the bankruptcy proceedings but if we just look at this incomplete balance sheet of Alameda Research, we can already extrapolate a bunch of red flags. And the biggest red flag to me is 
that there are $5.8 billion of FTT tokens and FTT collateralized tokens. But as of 6-30-2022, which is the period ending for this balance sheet, there are only $3.2 billion of FTX tokens in circulating supply. You can go to like Masari or CoinGecko and you can, or even go to FTX's website and see the burn schedule. You take the number of FTX tokens in circulation, you times it by the current token price of the FTT token, and you get like $3.2, $3.3 billion. So answer this question. How is it possible that Alameda Research owns $5.8 billion of the FTT token when only $3.2 billion are in the public supply? The answer, which is the centerpiece for this entire Ponzi scheme, is this idea that FTT token is controlled and managed by FTX. The FTT token is controlled and managed by FTX. This means that the FTT tokens can be created out of thin air in what I envision an infinite money loop. I've posted the infinite money loop to frontruncrypto.com for those that want to see a visual representation of it. But imagine for the listeners not in front of a computer that there's a loop. And step one in this loop is FTX, okay? FTX mints FTT tokens. When the minting is complete, you now have printed FTT tokens in the public supply. This moves to action two. The printed FTT tokens are sold at a discount or given to early investors, none other than Alameda Research. Alameda Research now takes the FTT tokens printed by FTX and moves on to the next step in the infinite money loop where they borrow against the FTT tokens. So that means super practically, Alameda Research goes to somebody in the capital markets and says, hey, I have $3 billion worth of FTT tokens. I need a cash line of credit for $1.5 billion. These stupid bankers are dumb enough to fall for it because they've, they believe in the vision of SBF that they say, sure, I'll give you a billion dollars collateralized by $3 billion of FTT, to FTT tokens. And that's the next step in the infinite money loop, the loan. Once the loan is complete between the two parties, Alameda Research and the dumb investment banker that fell for it, Alameda now receives U.S. dollars where they can go and make trades and lose money. This goes back to the first step that is repeated forever where FTX mints more FTT tokens. So FTX mints FTT. The result is printed FTT tokens that are sold at a discount to Alameda that are borrowed against to other institutional investors using FTT, which ends in a loan denominated in US dollars backed by the FTTT coins. Once Alameda receives the US dollars, they do stuff with it, which in this case is lose it all by poor investment decisions, but that's okay because this loop can repeat forever because FTX controls the money supply that is the minted FTT tokens. 
if we look how this actually plays out, the sequence of events are as follows. FTX pre-mined or mints 350 million FTT tokens initially by the FTX ICO in 2019. Okay, at this point, all of the tokens exist, but they are inaccessible to the general public. This is the difference between tokens in, general, tokens in the public supply versus the total diluted token supply. If you go to like CoinGecko, you'll see like there may be $130 million, 130 million FTT tokens that are in the public supply against 350 million of total diluted FTT tokens. That's the difference. Now, FTX releases a subset of the FTT tokens to the public supply based on SBF's predefined interval. FTX transfers the FTT tokens to Alameda. This is how they got the $5.8 billion of locked and collateralized FTT tokens noted on their balance sheet. Alameda uses the FTT tokens as collateral for US-denominated loans. They make risky investments. They win some, they mostly lose, but that's okay because FTX releases more FTT tokens and sells them to Alameda at a discount. The cycle repeats forever. And what makes this infinite is FTX's ability to control the token supply via burning and buybacks. There was this link on the FTX website that's now gone, but I took a picture of it, is that in addition to FTX purchasing and reburning tokens, they're going to do it on the basis of 33% of all fees generated on the FTX markets. 10% of net additions to backstop liquidity, and then 5% of all fees earned from other users of the XTX platform. So you add up all those fees, and that's the rate at which FTX repurchases and burns FTT tokens, thereby reducing them from the public supply. Now, there's a point of clarification we have to make when we say reduced or removed from the public supply. I don't actually think FTX burns the tokens by moving them to an unusable or unspendable address. I personally think they are stored in the treasury, and then when FTX or Alameda needs, needs to raise more capital, the uncirculated FTT tokens are then re-released to the public via the infinite money loop that we were describing. Like, my prediction is that FTX throttled the total circulating supply of FTT tokens and used pre-mined and tokens not in circulation as a backdrop for Alameda research. There is no other way to explain that Alameda's position in FTT tokens is greater than the total supply and circulation. There's no way to do it. They have $5.8 billion, but only $3.2 billion dollars are in the supply it makes no sense now some contrarians might argue that the ftt tokens are indeed burned and removed from circulation via an unspendable address but there's been no proof not one damn shred of evidence has been given to this theory and ftx has offered 
no proof of burn mechanism to corroborate their claim. I think it's just a big Ponzi scheme. And when this unfolds and we look back on this years from now, that will be my conclusion. And that's what I'm bidding the farm on. But putting that aside, the irregularities with respect to the amount of FTT tokens in Alameda's uh, balance sheet versus the public supply, there are additional uh, areas and concerns in the balance sheet. Number one, or number two, the aggregate value of all crypto-related assets is a reflection of a super illiquid, highly volatile set of penny tokens. The illiquidity of the FTT token and the complete lack of revenue accruing to token holders implies that this is a worthless token. It should be marked down to zero. It should have never been trading at $50 or $50 a token. That's complete insanity. And my prediction on this was justified when a couple days ago, Sequoia Capital echoed my concern and marked their $3 billion investment down to zero. I mean, think about this for a second. No revenue accrues to the FTT token. Think about the fees from the exchange, the revenue collected from transactions. None of that goes back to the token holders in the form of a dividend. The token is just a complete Ponzi scheme that unlocks certain privileges like the ability to participate in airdrops or you get additional discounts and like trading fees. It's complete garbage. But beyond the FTT tokens, the locked Solana tokens implies that these are tokens that are out of circulation. They're out of circulation. They can't be traded. They're on a pre-mined or a vesting schedule, probably from the Solana ICO. That's $863 million that gets marked down to zero. The other crypto tokens that we were describing, again, reflect nascent Web3 projects like Maps, Oxy, FIDA. They can't find anyone to buy these penny tokens at the market rate. They're worthless. So you put all of that together. Originally, there were $14 billion of quote-unquote assets on the Alameda Research balance sheet. When I do my fair market value assessment, I mark most of them down to zero. And at the end of the day, Alameda has $134 million of cash, about $292 million of unlocked Solana tokens, not locked, unlocked, as well as $41 million of unlocked collateralized Solana tokens. You add all that up, that's about $500 million worth of assets against $14 billion of liabilities. Unbelievable. Now, at this point, all that's known is that Alameda has between $8 billion and $14 billion of debt backstopped by about 400 to 500 million dollars in real assets. Here's the link to FTX bankrolling bank Alameda Research. And this is truly spectacular and only possible because all of these transactions were performed on the blockchain and you can actually see the results on Etherscan. If you go to frontruncrypto.com. I've posted all of the Etherscan URLs there for you to see. It's a complete cluster. So here's what happened. 
There are 173 million FTT tokens activated on September 26th. Poof! New tokens appear out of thin air. The infinite money loop. Now, that same day, September 26th, $8 billion of US, $8 billion US dollars worth of FTT tokens were transferred on chain. This is the single largest move in the history of FTX. This is September 26. 173 million FTT tokens get created out of thin air and $8 billion of FTT tokens were transferred on chain. So who was the recipient of the newly activated FTT tokens? Take a wild guess. Alameda Research. Alameda Research received $4.1 billion of newly minted FTT tokens. That's money printed out of thin air. If you think about the money printer go brr meme that was super popular last year, this is it. They just created $4.1 billion out of nothing. What's so damning is that the contract that released the 173 million FTT tokens is the same contract from the 2019 FTX ICO. That's crazy. That's crazy. The link's right there. Sam Bankman fried goes on Twitter, goes on Bloomberg, goes on Forbes and says, no, 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 FTX and Alameda Research operate at arm's length. And there's literally a transaction on Etherscan of FTT tokens interacting with the 2019 FTX smart contract. It's so obvious that Alameda and FTX are deeply interconnected despite the facade of independence that's been portrayed by SBF. Alameda participated in the FTX ICO. So here's where it gets even crazier. What does Alameda immediately do with the $4.1 billion of FTT tokens it receives? It gives them back to FTX as collateral. I can't make this up. Imagine if I created $1 million worth of locked shit coins. These are coins that have been created out of thin air, but they're locked, which means they can't be redeemed because they're on some vesting schedule. Maybe they get unlocked in 180 days, at which point they can re be redeemed and traded for US dollars on Uniswap or something. Okay, I have $1 million of this lock shit coin. I give you $1 million of that lock shit coin. You now give it back to me in my shit coin smart contract deployer. Now, you can take that $1 million of new shitcoin that I just gave to you and claim that as an asset on your balance sheet. And then when it comes time for the locked shitcoin to actually be unlocked, the smart contract that you sent it to, which is the one I created, will automatically trade that coin for US dollars on Uniswap, thereby automatically paying off the debt. It's complete insanity. And that's exactly what happened with Alameda and FTT. 173 million 
of new FTT tokens were created on 926. These are locked. $8 billion of FTT tokens were moved on 926. $4.1 billion of the $8 billion were sent to Alameda Research on 926. This is all in the same day. 38 minutes later, the $4.1 billion of FTT tokens were sent from Alameda Research back to the deployer of the FTT token. This acts as the collateralization mechanisms for the 173 million tokens and enables Alameda to now claim $4.1 billion of assets on its balance sheet. And once the 173 million FTT tokens are eligible for liquidation, again, this is via the token supply schedule, when it's eligible for vesting. The deployer of the FTT token, which is again controlled by someone at FTX, automatically liquidates the position, the debt is paid off, the total supply of FTT tokens decreases. Guys, this is the infinite money loop. It's absolutely crazy. So this leads me to the next question. Why would SBF do this? Well, number one, he's a piece of shit. But my theory is that Alameda Research was wiped out during the most recent crypto winter, along with Luna, along with Celsius, BlockFi, and all the rest. Alameda was only able to remain solvent via the transactions like the one I've just described. The interplay between this FTT token deployer being sent to Alameda Research, it being sent back, so on and so forth. If Alameda imploded in the April to June timeframe, it would have been a terrible look given SBF's aspiration for global domination with the regulatory landscape controlled by FTX. I mean, if you just look back on the Twitter space and the corrupt SEC, we can see that around this time, FTX officials were meeting U.S. government regulators at the same time this was happening. So how credible would the FTX team be in the eyes of Gary Gensler and the SEC if their proprietary trading firm went to zero? Would they have a seat at the table? Hell no. The answer is no. So what's crazy is... Even this back and forth with FTX, although it's super illegal and super scummy, it would have turned out okay if a subsequent bank run on the FTT token didn't ensue. The velocity of the collapse was super impressive. And I, I attribute the entire bank run, this is going to sound crazy, I attribute the entire bank run down to three people and five tweets on two days. And this is the representation of the complete cluster and just sense of insanity and chaos and how the crypto space operates today. I'm for sure a crypto maxi. I think decentralized finance is the hope for a more fair and open financial system. But you got to listen to these three people and how they interacted with each other, which ultimately led to the bank run. Okay. There's the Alameda Research CEO, Caroline. There's Binance's CEO, ZZ. And then, of course, there's the FTEX CEO, Sam Bakeman, Frieder SBF. Okay, so Caroline 
responds to the CoinDesk leak on November 6th saying, hey, this is incomplete at best. She goes on to say that the balance sheet uh, is only for a subset of their corporate entities. There's actually 134 FTX entities within the FTX corporate structure. But Binance's CEO, who's the number one competitor to FTX, in response to the Coindesk link, and in response to Caroline saying, hey, this is incomplete, don't worry about it, he tweets out saying, I'm going to liquidate the Binance FTT position of $2.1 billion. And I quote, as part of Binance's FTX, Binance's exit from FTX, Binance received roughly $2.1 billion U.S. equivalent in BUSD and FTT. In, re in response to recent revelations that came to light, we've decided to liquidate any of our remaining FTT position on the books. So think about this. Coinbase drops the leak. Caroline, who is the CEO of Alameda, says, no, 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 this is incomplete. It's not true, guys. Don't worry about it. Then, like 50 minutes later, 50 minutes later, the Binance CEO, ZZ, says, hey, we're going to liquidate our entire FTT position on the backdrop of this like uncertainty. Now tell me that wasn't intentional. Tell me that wasn't at least part of the reason why the token went to zero. Now, Alameda CEO responds to Binance by saying, hey, if you're looking to minimize the market impact of your FTT sale, Alameda will happily buy it all from you for $22. This is important because $22 implies a threshold at which FTX and Alameda are no longer solvent. So how does the market react? The market immediately drops the FTT price to $22. But unfortunately, Alameda's research CEO ended up getting rejected by Binance, who declined the offer and said, hey, it was a question, not a commitment. I think we will let it stay in the free market. And, quote, we still hold Luna today. Ouch. Now, at this point, again, this is only three tweets. Three tweets, and if you overlay the price of the FTT token on the backdrop of these tweets from 7 a.m. to 11.35 a.m., you just see the token price go down. So this forces SBF to interject by tweeting that everything is okay, FTX is fine, assets are fine, this is just a competitor trying to go after us with false rumors. Now what's crazy is that he eventually deletes this tweet once the rug pull is over and it's exposed that FTX is indeed leveraged. But at this time, this was just a response to Binance rejecting the offer. Now, retail traders already scared about the pump and dump and the drop to $22 fled to safety. 
by liquidating their FTT position, causing downward pressure from the token high of 68 to $1.98 per token. That's $8 billion of Ponzi wealth destroyed. If you put this on TradingView, you can just look up FTTUSD. You'll see that <laughs> there's a straight line up. It's a pump. There's a decline. That's the dump. And then there's a straight line down. That's the rug pull. All of the investors trying to exit their FTT positions, trying to convert their tokens into stable coins to save whatever they can before this now fraud goes to zero now the only problem is that ftt holders and all participants on the ftx platform are unable to withdraw their funds including individuals operating on ftx.us this is a warning to like everybody uses kraken and coinbase just because these platforms are regulated by the sec does not make them uh infallible to any catastrophe or bank run ftx us was domiciled in the usa and subject to u.s regulatory compliance laws and they still had to suspend uh their withdrawal so when FTX announced that they were suspending their withdrawals as a result of the ongoing liquidity crunch, two facts came to light. Number one, the initial loans provided to Alameda Research were ultimately collateralized in FTT tokens. These FTT tokens are now subject to a liquidity crunch as a result of the FTT token price. In plain English, the price is going down hella fast and everyone's trying to sell their token which causes the price to go down even faster ftx continued to backstop alameda during this entire catastrophe by using depositor funds but could not maintain pace with the downward pressure of the ftt token price so Alameda had a bunch of open positions collateralized by FTT tokens that are now dropping to zero. Alameda can't cover the positions anymore. So now FTX has to step in with depositor funds to try to cover the position while also trying to handle the bank run of FTT liquidations in flight. This is like if you put your money into a bank of america cash deposit account bank of america goes invest in some like super speculative tech company like carvana goes to zero and then uses more of your money to try to cover their position it's absolute crazy and eventually sbf capitulated and on 11 10 three days after him saying that depositor funds were safe he actually acknowledged Depositor funds were not safe, and the trading platform was indeed leveraged. I'm paraphrasing, but his tweet, it says, Before he thought there was zero leverage on the platform, and enough USD liquidity to deliver 24 times the daily average withdrawal rate. 24 times, that's a lot. But here's what he found out. The actual leverage was 1.7 times depositor funds, and the available liquidity was 0.8 Sundays withdrawals. 0.8 from 24x 
down to 0.8. What happened? The money's not there. The depositor funds all went to FTT. He tries to rationalize this by saying when it rains, it pours. We saw roughly $5 billion of withdrawals on Sundays. Oh, God, shut up. You took depositor funds and used them as leverage. Now, if you go to Dune Analytics, you'll see that on a seven-day rolling window, it's, uh, I, I read this and I, I'm still shocked. $932 million of FTX network outflows over seven days. And because of the inability to fulfill the persistent stablecoin outflows and declining FTT token price, FTX finally had its come to Jesus moment. And on 6.13 a.m., November 10th, SBF apologizes and 24 hours later files Chapter 11 bankruptcy. But it's okay because SBF says, and I quote, I'm really fucking sorry I fucked up. Unbelievable. Can you imagine if the CEO of Bank of America, Brian Monahan, took all of the bank's depositor funds and then went on a rampage with irresponsible investment decisions, gave them to his buddy David Solomon at Goldman Sachs, who proceeded to lose billions of dollars of your grandma's retirement funds and 401ks? And then he goes on Twitter and says, I'm sorry, guys. I really fucked up. I'm really fucking sorry. That wouldn't fly for a second, and that just shows how insane we are in the crypto community right now. I mean, guys, I love that we're nimble and lean and we're new and we want to change the entire financial system, but we can't lose $15 billion of depositor funds and then go on Twitter and say, I'm really fucking sorry. You're going to get your head cut off. Oh, man. Okay. So, in closing, my theory is that the capital destruction of FTX, this is the $8 billion of FTT Ponzi tokens, now worth zero, plus the loss of depositor funds, somewhere between 8 and $16 billion dollars is going to be a huge black eye for crypto and will result in government regulators demanding, oh God, here we go, more exchange oversight, comprehensive legislation, regulatory clarity. It's like word vomit, but all in the name of protecting retail investors. We did this to ourselves, guys. But as open finance maximalists, we must reject the call for additional government oversight. The only and most appropriate response to the persistent destruction of wealth from centralized exchanges is self-custody and decentralized finance. What happened to the saying, not your keys, not your wallet? That was all the rage last year, and then when centralized exchanges came into the fold, we forgot it. We must come back to our first principles 
and remember that the only path forward is to take custody of your wallet. Because think about this. Would this catastrophe happen on DeFi platforms like Uniswap or Aave? No. This is because of the permissionless nature of DeFi and the enforcement of counterparty risks via smart contracts. If you take a leveraged position on Aave, Aave will automatically liquidate you. It's in the smart contract. There's no, there's no discussion. And moreover, lending rates will go up when more people want to lend, thereby causing downward pressure on the total lending pool. It works perfectly. If you traded crypto on Uniswap, you're safe. If you traded crypto on Aave, you're safe. If you provided Ethereum on a DeFi lending platform, you're actually making a decent yield as a result of increased network demand. Guys, right now, Ethereum is ultrasound, but nobody's even paying attention because of this damn FTX black eye. We're going to recover, though. But in closing, now is the time to take custody of your crypto, not your keys, not your wallet. Until next time, guys, my name is John Cook, and together we're going to front run the next generation of wealth creation. I'm happy to have you, and if you like what you heard, hit the subscribe and share button now. We are taking DeFi to the world.